0: Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, we'll be talking about it right here Monday through Friday on the Locked On Podcast Network. On this edition of the show, I'm going to ride solo again because most of this episode will be interviews from UK football practice. Well, after UK football practice, it'd be kind of tough and probably kind of hard to hear. The guys, as they were trying to practice, you know, helmets would be in the way. They'd probably be out of breath a little bit, you know, trying to run the plays and and get in some work. So these are post-practice interviews. We're going to hear from Calvin Taylor, TJ Carter. Really interested how those guys perform specifically. Those will probably be your two starting defensive ends in Kentucky's 3-4 front. So they were they were great to talk to today. We'll share them thoughts. And then um, also some comments from Steve Klinkscale. He talks about the secondary and how they're getting adjusted with a bunch of new guys and how they're replacing Devontae Robinson. Plus, we'll wrap with a quick comment from Cash Daniel on Josh Pascal. Some really heartfelt words from cash and talk a little bit of basketball because there's something I said I was going to talk about on the last podcast that I didn't get to. We're going to mention that and have an update on that NCAA agent criteria, whatever you want to call it, because the, the old NCAA put out a statement. But first, let's jump into that conversation I had with Calvin Taylor. How's the camp going? You got got back out in pads. How how much are you happy to be doing that? Uh, I'm super excited. Yesterday was an
1: off day. Got some good recovery in. That felt amazing. Now we got time to back at it again.
0: You know, this offseason there's been a lot of talk about you guys as a position group being one of the strengths of the defense. Are you kind of embracing that challenge?
1: Yeah, we're always embracing that challenge because, like, when we first got here, like, you know, what they said about Kentucky D-line, you know. So we just set out to prove that. So, like, now that we know we got some young guys in the back end and behind us, and we know we got to put that on our shoulders and we're we up to the task.
0: How big is that depth? Because, I mean, it's probably the most since Coach Stoops has been here. How, how much uh, is that a benefit for you?
1: Uh, it's a benefit because it give me a time to uh, be fresh at the end of the game when it's like a real crucial situation, you give everybody a chance to get in, get flowing. Like never let the the offense wear on us, so we always fresh. And it gives us time to just when it's third down, we can all go hunt.
0: I was, during the open practice, I went over and watched you guys uh, being coached by LeBron in the in, in the individual. What's it like being coached by him? He seems really detailed oriented
1: uh, the best coach I ever had. He's real detail-oriented. Make sure that we don't really speed up too fast. If we need help, he'll slow it down, but he's real detail-oriented, so if you break it down, we don't just do the drill. We do it in steps and increments, and then we work up to doing it just in one, so it's real beneficial because we can see everything. It's slow, and it gives everybody a chance to get acclimated to it, and then we
0: can pick up what is he what in your game what has he helped you get better at the most
1: uh he just helped me like overall just as a player and as a man as well just he believes in developing everything so like in your personal life and on the field so i would say on the field just just I know, like, sir, I'm a player that really, like, really strategic about it. So I really watch a lot of film and see what the offensive linemen do. And then he just helped me just really be uh, real low and just be able to play with my hands. Just being a tall guy, sometimes you can get high, but I feel like I do an overall good job of being low. So just just keeping me just fundamentals. Because, like, when everything else fails, you fall back on your technique. So just having real strong technique and just being able to just go play.
0: Obviously, your height, everybody knows the advantage of that, you know, knocking down passes and having the long arms and having that reach. But you kind of mentioned there, there are some disadvantages. Can you kind of, like how you have to overcome the disadvantages?
1: Uh, like I said, just I'm a real guy to really see it. So I really watch a lot of film and know all my players just really be in it. So I don't really have to worry about that on the field. So when it comes to practice, I could really worry about my stance and just different things like that because uh, football is a leverage game. So if some, if an offensive lineman can all leverage me, Then he can win but the long arms help but just being low just bending just making sure you're always low your pad level just making sure it's always low enough below the offensive lineman's eyes. that's what we teach
0: what about uh your running make on the other side of the line there I was talking to to TJ like I think I don't mean obviously you know you guys on the line don't rack up huge stats your stats are probably going to improve this year I think um but like can you just give um talk about how important he is to the defense overall
1: uh, TJ's real important that's it. i mean he's from georgia i'm from georgia he's my roommate uh, we just really just focused this summer we really just came in every day every afternoon it just worked out so it's real important like I know you got my back and I got his back so it's just a trust factor that I know he's doing what he's supposed to do so he's gonna make I'm gonna do my job so he can make his plays and vice versa so it's just real important for us to just being real fundamentally sound and cue as well just being in the middle just being an anchor sometimes taking doubles if I don't get them I get a lot of doubles myself but you know just everybody we just really trust each other like we're really a family so I think that more so of what it's about just being a family because we all talk we have a good time we hang out so like just real family oriented so we I could trust the guy beside me to do his job and vice versa
0: and then you know we talked about maybe improving your stats this year because last season and coach white and cash have talked about this like schematically a little bit in the sense that things were geared to let josh go which you know made a lot of sense yeah. the talent he was but now those pressures might be coming from a lot of different places and. Including your position, like how much are you looking forward to that kind of scheme this year with Coach White? I'm uh, looking forward to
1: it. I mean, last year things was like we different, had a
0: certain type of scheme
1: for our defense, but I mean, we all about. I mean, I'm all about winning games, and that's I think D-line overall, that's what we're about. So this year is going to be real fun. We got <laughs> we got some things in to really get after the quarterback, and I don't think nobody can block us. Matter of fact, I know nobody can block us. So it's just going to be
0: it's going to be a fun year. What is uh, you know, the other kind of strength on the offensive, the other offensive side of the ball that people we were talking about is that O-line? Yeah. How have the battles in camp gone so far between you guys? I'm
1: going to lie we're here right now but it's real good though because our, our offense do a lot of things that other teams don't do a lot of uh, everything. They throw everything at you. We got some real guys that some real NFL guys they're big, strong you know, they're really good with their hands so it's really just a battle every day. You got to bring it because if you don't they're going to get after you and they know it too. We're hunting every day we're after you every period
0: that we can so it's just Real fun. Who are you going? Who are you knocking heads against the most there in practice?
1: Man, Stimber. That's my you know <laughs> classmate. Came in freshman year was next door neighbor. Small boy, so we go a lot against each other. So it's pretty fun. I like it. It's
0: he talked a lot about his trash-talking. Um, is it? Does he ever get inside your head, or have you just over it at this point? No, nah, I like it.
1: I'm not really a trash-talking guy. I listen, I just like, okay. And I just I like it, so I like my talk to it, but it don't really bother me because, I mean... I'm from Georgia. That's all we do is talk <laughs> trash, so it's just fun. But he does get in people's head, but I try to stay just level-headed because once you just start getting out of your game, and you jump out your gap, try to make a play. But you definitely, you I've seen him definitely get some people on some other teams,
0: so it's fun. Really fun conversation with uh, Calvin there. Uh, tell you what, let's take a quick break, and afterwards we're going to let you hear from the other defensive end for UK football. That'll be Mr. TJ Carter. You are Locked On, Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here's that conversation I had with uh, T.J. Carter. How's the uh, camp been going? How's it feel to get back in those full pads the last couple of days?
2: It feels great. I'm glad to you know, finally be back in football. We've been working out real hard all summer. And, you know, like I said, we're just ready to get back to actually hitting people and playing real football. So it's been good.
0: A lot of the talk this off season is about you guys up front being one of the strengths of the defense. Yeah. Are you guys embracing that kind of positive challenge?
2: Yeah, I definitely feel like we're up for it. You know, we got – we're probably the most veteran group on the, the defense, and uh, we're definitely ready for it. You know, we feel like we did okay last year, so we're ready to turn up another level this year for sure.
0: What's it like being coached by Coach LeBlanc? Um, I looked when you guys had the open practice, I went over there, and – he seems like, you know, kind of very detailed oriented
2: Yeah, he, he's definitely a guy that, you know, he makes sure that we do things right. Like, we not we get a lot of stuff done in practice because he he's very uh, systematic about everything. So, it helps us, you know, to get a lot of stuff in. So, it makes us better, you know, overall. So, because we get to go through more things. But he's a great coach. So He doesn't, you know, he doesn't do a lot of yelling. I'm sure he mentions that a lot, but... You know, he'll definitely get on your ass if you ain't doing right. So, he's, I feel like he definitely has a good coaching style. So
0: he also kind of – it seems like he has some, like, catchphrases. One I noticed was, got to get off the field on third down. And, like, those kind of – is there any other things that he continually is harping on you guys?
2: Well, um, quick hands, fast hands, fast feet. You know, just – th- I, I don't know if that's actually, like, a phrase. like. I uh, but, I mean, he's a down guy. I'm sure he got a, plenty of, you know, things in his book that he can pull out. But, um, I mean, I don't know. I guess – you know, like I said, quick hands, uh, make sure we're striking people. I don't know if really you yeah. have any real phrases, but yeah.
0: What's it like, uh, the transition to Coach White as the D.C.? How do you think everything's going to go with him this year?
2: I think it's going to be a lot better because Coach White is an NFL guy. And um, Coach House is a great coach. Like, he got us, you know, fired up, fiery, you know, make sure we have a great run defense and everything. But I like how Coach White, we're doing a lot more movement with the D-line in particular. That's setting us up for plays. I know last year we, I mean, Josh was getting all the sacks. So we ain't got Josh no more. So now we, everybody else got to make plays. So. Now, i'm definitely looking forward to you know getting out there and helping my team win and the rest of the defense line is to be ready to make plays so
0: yeah i think cash mentioned that at, at media day that you know last year he, he pointed to coach white talking about his time at the colts when they lost to mathis i believe and then the next year the team had overall more sacks you know even though they lost such a prolific rush do you guys think you'll be able to do something similar possibly
2: yeah because i mean we got a very talented group uh and the front seven you know we got a lot of guys we deep on D-line and like I said he's his, just how he he runs new, these plays you know we just got a lot of movement that frank, quite frankly I just don't think people going to be able to block it so uh, I think it's going to be real fun this year definitely you talk
0: about the other side of, on your D-line there uh, your boy Calvin kind of walking around with, yeah. what does he bring big Calvin
2: he Calvin's a a very tall guy he's got a lot of length so it's very hard for people to block him in the run game or pass game in general just because his arm's so long and he's a very physical guy so he's a like I said we got a lot of guys on D-line we're rolling deep and we're getting getting guys in as you know they're ready to play and they're hungry so I feel like we're all ready to get in there and make some plays
0: and then uh, finally I saw on Twitter you quote tweeting some some more doubt (laughs) um, uh, from some analysts like how much are you guys I don't know surprised that after 10 win season people still maybe isn't respecting Kentucky football <laughs> enough or do you just embrace it and work harder for it? Like I said we
2: I mean I don't even think they ranked us in the little preseason rank or whatever but I mean they never do we end up you know making 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 you know I ain't going know you know yeah. make controversial statements but you know what I'm saying we, we end up you know playing at our potential and and you know playing well, so when I, I see that, it gets it puts a fire in me. Like, like I said, I'm already motivated to go out there and try to dominate. But when I see people down, it's like, like I said, I, I ain't gonna be too worried about. It. We worry about Toledo, but just just know we we're you know, we seeing that stuff and it motivates us. So you know, not really be too worried about whatever people are saying, but it definitely puts a little fire in us.
0: You know, when when I was talking to those guys, you you just kind of see both of them. You hear in those in those interviews there. You know, they want this season to get going. They're ready to get there, and TJ there was, was ready to prove some people wrong, and they both had this kind of light in their eye when I was talking about potentially getting some more stats, and that isn't the most important thing to them, I don't believe. The most important stat for all these guys, it seems, over there at football is wins, but you know, when you get in that backfield and you get the sack, I mean that's such just a big accomplishment and such a big play. And overall, it kind of seems that's that's how the defense is going to be trending to a certain extent with um, more guys having opportunity. And it's not a knock on how the defense was ran last year. You have Josh Allen, you maximize Josh Allen. This year, a lot of more guys are going to kind of be able to eat a little bit on defense. So I'm excited to see how that works out on the field. Um, speaking of how things are going to work out, lots of questions around the secondary. Let's hear from UK defensive back coach Steve Klinkscale. How have you guys been progressing? Obviously losing Devontae was such a big big blow to you guys. How do you think guys are stepping up into those roles in the secondary?
3: Well, you know, Devontae uh, leaves a, a huge uh, void for us to fill. Uh, all the players decided to, you know, stick together, come together, and work hard. And we knew we had going to move a couple guys to different positions. Everybody's been very uh, open and willing to learn multiple positions because of the lack of depth and experience we have. So the, the young men have done a great job of pulling together and being a good unit. Um, so everybody's pulling their, their weight, trying to get better mentally. You know, uh, we got to eliminate more mistakes. we got to eliminate all the mistakes um, and then just keep getting more opportunities to play and that, that experience will help them be more comfortable.
0: You know, Coach Stoops said on media day that you know he wasn't trying to dodge questions about the secondary because he really didn't know where all the pieces, puzzle pieces, were going to fit. Because you know, as you just got, you were going to move guys around. Obviously, that's a challenge. But is it also kind of exciting to kind of see what these young guys can do in potentially new roles?
3: Most definitely. You know, uh, moving Quandre inside, he played safety in junior college, so you see his um, skill set, you know, on the field more. Uh, moving a couple of the young guys, getting more reps at corner by moving some of the corner to safety has helped us see those guys perform a little bit sooner than we thought we would. So it's been a really good experience and been very exciting to see those guys go out and, and uh, show us what they can do in a short period of time.
0: What about uh, Dort? How is he kind of, you know, I know he's going to be counted on a ton this year. How is he done so far in camp?
3: Cedric's uh, doing doing pretty good. You know, all the guys, we got we all got a lot of work to do. You know, we we got to continue to identify formations and communicate and, and make the right checks. And then then you have to execute your assignment. And Cedric's uh, doing good as a leader. You know, he, he's constantly texting the guys, going in there, they're meeting together on their own, trying to j- just understand our, our defense better. And then to go out here and he brings a good attitude every day they, they come out here and work hard he and Jordan Griffin have done a great job of bringing that, that whole secondary together uh, and trying and getting the guys to understand that everybody's doubting us everybody thinks that you know we, we're not going to be very good and hey that's, that's fine don't think what they want to think we have to go and prove them otherwise
0: and then uh, with the younger guy uh, Moses Douglas uh, he when I talked to him on media, he seems to be a guy that has a ton of confidence how much do you think he's going to be dependent on in his first season here and what role do you kind of envision for him
3: well we're still working at it we're, we're Still working to see where, where he's going to fit and how we're going to depend on him. You know, he's still a young guy. He's a true freshman. Uh, and at safety, that free safety spot is a lot of communication, a lot of moving parts, a lot of anticipation. Uh, we've had several guys since I've been here uh, play that spot. And so he, he's got his work cut out for him, for sure. And uh, he's got to continue to get in his playbook and continue to come out here and do things on his own and visualize his success, you know, in his position. So we, we got work to do.
0: Coming up after this break, we are going to hear from Cash Daniel, and I'm going to talk just a little bit of basketball. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Talked about it yesterday on the podcast. If you missed that one, go check it out. Uh, Josh Pascal had his last treatment for his uh, cancer, um, and it's going to be one, you know, just the uplifting uplifting post that he had about it, and today... Cash Daniel, who I, I would venture to guess is going to be a captain this year, uh, was speaking to the media, and he had some words about uh, Josh Pascal. I'll give you, I mean, there is a, a brief warning. He does say a, a curse word that you're not allowed to repeat on radio or TV. But this is a podcast, so I'm going to let that slip by because it, I think, kind of illustrates his raw emotions and feeling towards Josh. Uh,
4: the other day I was in there working out, and... Um... We, just, we got done working out the, earlier, and it was only a 30-minute list, so I felt like I had to go and do something more. And I was in there, and lo and behold, here comes JP, and there starts you know doing some flies and everything with me, and here comes Coach White, and he's pretty pissed off at Josh. And I was like, well, why is he pissed off at Josh for? And he said, you got treatment tomorrow. I was like, well, you didn't tell me that. <laughs> all, you, all you said was, hey, can I do some work with And I said, yeah, you didn't tell me you had, you know, had cancer treatment tomorrow. <laughs> But, I mean, that just shows what kind of guy he is, and that just shows, you know, what kind of heart that he's had throughout this whole process. And I texted him and, I, and I, I was telling him, I was like, listen, man, I don't – how you've handled this has been remarkable because every table was turned against you. You had every reason to just quit, and nobody would have said a thing to you because, I mean, it's, knowing the situation, I mean, shit, that's a, that's a lot of shit to be put on you, you know, for a young kid, especially trying to be on a college football team. And with everything, trying to figure out, you know, with life and how, to, how you're going to go about things. And so for him to, the way he handled it and how he came to work every day, knowing that he was going to beat it, knowing that he had his brothers, that his brothers had his back, and uh, knowing that, you know, he always had a smile on his face. You know, he never once complained, never once was had in a bad mood. And, you know, that I told him, I was like, that. That's, that's helped me, you know, keeping me with a positive mindset and a positive attitude, you know, no matter what's going on. So for Josh to be able to go through what he did and be back out here with us man it's, it's unreal. Uh, he is an unbelievable human being, an unbelievable teammate and I'm just honored to have him as a friend more first and foremost. you know football's great and being a part of a team is great and I'm really thankful that this football team has you know helped me become form a friendship with Josh that you know that ain't gonna be broken.
0: As always, really great stuff from Cash Daniel. He's you know just such a uh, he's a great talker, but on top of that, you can tell he means what he says, and it's not any kind of canned answer. Just it comes it comes from the heart. That's kind of cheesy, but specifically with that comment about his teammate there and what his teammate's been going through, it was pretty clear. Uh, On the last edition of the podcast, I said I was going to talk about uh, some USA basketball camp, but I didn't get to it. Here's what I wanted to say. Seems like Bam Adebayo and De'Aaron Fox even more so have really been turning heads at the USA uh, National Team training camp. If you're on social media at all, you've seen De'Aaron Fox kind of become a highlight machine, just doing ridiculous things. There was one that was floating around today where he threw a lob pass off off a wall behind the basket and then threw it down. And speaking of highlights on social media, Bam Adebayo has kind of been a star in that regard as well just punishing other dudes in the post. There's not a ton of other post players um, on that roster, so I think that that's definitely an opportunity that he's going to be taking advantage of. Also along those lines, uh, I forget who, who tweeted it out, but it was one of the national reporters was discussing how De'Aaron Fox is a guy you're probably going to go ahead and write in as actually making this roster. Currently they're in training camp for this national team that's going to play over in China in the feeble World Cup. And there are going to be some cuts made, maybe possibly more accurately, some guys that are going to drop out, some other guys, because lots of players have been dropping out. So uh, we'll see how the, all these things shake out. But it definitely seems like Darren Fox is making a name for himself. And, you know, Kyle and I have been talking about it a little bit. He seems like he's ready to take that next step into superstardom. I spent a good portion of yesterday's podcast talking about the lunacy. That is the NCAA's decision to have to certify NBA agents themselves and to go on top of another podcast. If you want my more extensive thoughts, as I said, you can go check out yesterday's podcast. But to keep things, you know, fully even and balanced as much as possible, I will read you a statement from the NCAA, which was posted after we released the last podcast. They said. Although some can and have been successful without a college degree, this is um, the requirement for agents to have a bachelor's degree to qualify to be a uh, NCAA certified agent. So I'll start again here. Although some can and have been successful without a college degree as a higher education organization, the NCAA values a college education and continues to emphasize the importance of in- earning a degree. We were guided by recommendations from the Commission on College Basketball which spoke with the agent and advisor community okay that the NCA certification process should be more stringent than current processes which this in mind with this in mind we benchmark our new rules against requirements for other organizations that certify agents like the NBPA which also requires agents to have a bachelor's degree we recognize they and other provide discretionary waivers to the degree requirement while different and distinct our rules taken together which is the manner they were meant to be examined provide a clear opportunity for student athletes to receive excellent advice from knowledgeable professionals on either the college or professional path they choose that was a whole lot of nothing ncaa i don't know what they're doing uh, they're they are kind of hellbent on making this commission on college basketball Relevant, even though I'm going to kind of shorten it like this. This FBI stuff was not good. There's been a larger debate about should it have, you know, gone to trial and those kind of things. I'm not going to weigh in on that, but clearly shady things were happening. And there was an opportunity that people had at all levels of basketball, high school, grassroots, college, NBA, come together to for a little bit and to work for the betterment of the game, specifically kind of the way it is structured in this country. Instead, the NCAA and this Commission on College Basketball, in my view, is pointing the finger at the other ends of uh, where their players come from and where they potentially go as blaming them, blaming the NBA, which is pretty evident to, to a certain extent here, and then they've also, when we were talking about the recruiting calendar, are clearly blaming the AAU and grassroots basketball organization. That's not how you, it's not the best way to improve things. It's not how you really make change. And I, for the life of me, don't understand how people that are this smart and have been around the game of basketball for as long as many of these people have. And maybe that's part of the problem, the commission. Uh, was head up by somebody who wasn't as entrenched in basketball, didn't fully grasp, I don't think, the way things worked. But instead of making things better, honestly, it seems like they've made things worse, and it seems like they've put different levels of basketball at odds with each other, which is unnecessary. As much as possible, they should try to work together and uh, uh, for the betterment of the game. And I know that sounds high-minded, but it's a goal that they should strive for, and it seems like most recently, they've been doing the opposite, so we'll continue to track that, and uh, we'll obviously have comments from probably players, coaches, and there's been a lot of great work. Uh, as I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, check out Dan Wetzel's piece. Check out Sam Fassini's piece on the athletic. Fascini uh, uh, went to the agents, talked about that a little bit. Wetzel kind of took direct line and discussed what the NCAA is doing wrong, so... Thanks again to you guys for listening to this edition of the show. Please subscribe and share the podcast. That's how it grows. That's how we make it better. We really appreciate you all for listening. Please follow along with us on social media at LockedOnUK on on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at CurtisBurch, B-U-R-C-H. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.